0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fire to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three human beings, or are they mutants, talk about movies. It's Sifpop and other pop culture. Because it's not just movies. That's
0: true. We do talk about Thank other Thank you, things.
1: announcer guy, for adding that in. Whoever, yeah. whoever that whoever. was doing <laughs> that amazing intro.
0: Welcome to the newest episode of Sift Pop. Today, we're going to be chatting a little bit of Do We Care... Articles popping around in the pop culture world. Mm -hmm. We know they're pop culture because somebody else started gathering those for us. Yeah. I was not doing the best job. Producer Caleb
1: does that. Thank you so much, Caleb.
0: We also are gonna have two movies reviewing today.
1: Yeah, and we're joined by our guest guru this week. It's Sam. Woohoo!
0: <laughs> nice, yay, Sam! How can people connect? There we go. I'll see you guys later. Thanks very much. <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> uh, that's a perfect reason to connect—is just to say hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, if people want to connect to you during the show. I think you're looking through at the chat and you can pop in there. But how can people find you on Twitter? Uh
2: Twitter, you guys can uh, tweet me at Samuel Gavin, G A V I N. Cool. Um, and it. It is a surname. <laughs> I get a lot of confrontations about it. People people ask me um, surname, and I'll say Gavin. And I will go, no surname.
1: <laughs> I go, excuse me. I know what my name is. Thank you very much. So Danae is is a little bit confused right now because I think she doesn't understand surname means last name.
0: No, I knew that. Oh,
1: okay. So Gavin yes. is usually a first name. <laughs> what? Yes, Gavin oh. is a first name, and so it's. but it's his last Typically, name. Typically, yeah.
0: So... Oh, see, that's what I was confused about. Okay, yeah. I thought
1: you didn't know that surname also meant last name. No, I
0: did know that part, okay, but cool. thank you for clarifying. I thought
1: maybe you thought it meant I'm like... glad I confused
2: everyone. I'm, <laughs> I, I came to do what I thought to do, and it's great. Listen, <laughs> these
1: cross-cultural conversations are it's part important. of the beauty of having Sam on. It's this is... you. You expand your knowledge. You expand your cultural awareness.
0: Well, earlier in the exclusive pre-show, which you can only listen to in the showreel on Mixler, Slash shoe the dough if you want to listen to that, or if
1: you listen live on Mixler.
0: I w- I learned that the word pensioners means senior citizen. <laughs>
1: That's right, people <laughs> drawing it. a pension.
0: That's correct. Pensionist.
1: I just thought maybe you thought surname meant like Sir Samuel Gavin. You know, like that was your surname. Was well, after if you, you guys want to call me that, by all means, I don't me stop
0: you. Sir Gavin.
1: Only if you've earned it from the Queen Gavin. Sam. Only if you've earned it from the Queen. Well,
2: you know, maybe one day. <laughs>
0: We all have goals.
1: All right. Uh, so we're going to get into chatting about some movies and having some fun doing that stuff. But first, we like to start off with the world of pop culture. Here's some stuff going on. Sam and I will say if we care to talk more about them. It's Do We Care.
0: All right. First, Do We Care headline. Justin Bieber and Skrillex have been sued over the vocal loops on the song Sorry. Do We Care. I
1: man. I... Ironically, it's called Sorry.
0: <laughs> right.
1: I don't know. I I kind of care because I feel like copyright issues are possibly the biggest issue in the world of entertainment going forward because it's so easy to grab stuff and use it and those rules have to be figured out. But at the same time, I you know, I don't necessarily care about rich people arguing with rich people about who deserves the <laughs> yeah. money from their songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, I
2: even found it difficult to engage in um Fox taking a clip from uh, Doug Walker's Nostalgia Critic video and then uh, planting a copyright claim on his video saying that it was now in a Family Guy episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a bizarre story and it does definitely highlight the uh, controversy of, um, of co- how ridiculous this. Yeah, yeah, completely true. Um, you go on his uh, Facebook or whatever and he's posting all about it. They literally took a clip from his. From a from a video he did, put it in Family Guy, and then Fox did put a copyright claim on the original video, <laughs> saying amazing. this This is in a Family Guy episode. I know they couldn't even just go and find a clip of this video game; they just got it from a YouTuber. I think that's absurd. But even then, he's like, "What? Well, he's he's a very successful YouTuber, and he's practically famous at this point." So I have trouble
1: caring myself. Yeah, that's that really is insane, though. Uh, I think
0: it's hard to know. You, you know the worth of what you do for a, mm-hmm. an artist for so for example, obviously we care about this a little bit. basically, there's an indie artist um who goes her name is white or uh, white hinterland is like her performing name okay her her real name is Casey. I think it's Dino.
1: okay
0: anyway, Casey sh- as an artist, she created a song that I think eight to ten seconds uh eight seconds, an eight second snippet was used in the Skrillex uh, mm-hmm. Justin song so the problem becomes you know she's like did not give them permission I think she got somehow got wind of it or something and she even warned them like I, I am not giving you permission to use this this is mine mm-hmm. and they still used it and the song is very popular so it's like when you're going up against these big names or you're going up against Fox mm-hmm. you know as you brought up Sam like yeah. I just it's hard because it's like how do you how do you Temper the value of that. How well, do you I say? Well, I care
1: more knowing that it's somebody that's trying to get their start. Like it's not somebody that yeah. you know already is making a ton of money off of that song or whatever. But it's still
0: the same. It shouldn't matter how much money somebody makes. I agree. What matters no, no, is no, no, that it's your product that you created, and you should be compensated for that. And if someone steals it and doesn't intend to compensate you, you do. I feel like need to go to a judge and just say, "Can you help us sort out?" how much this eight second snippet was as is worth because
2: well that's that's all they had to do with the whole uh prince um thing wasn't it uh, some woman um basically made a video about her with her it was just a film of her children and she put um a prince track over it oh. and uh they they she took them she took universal to court because they uh um took down the video immediately and it became this huge thing and you know it's it's only a and when you think about it, the video—you know—it's just a video of these two children. But the implications of what happened there blew up massively, and um, you know, people cite that now as when they try and argue, rightfully so, when they argue against invalid copyright claims. Yeah, they go to that. They go to that story because you know it's one little thing blown up to a huge thing, and ultimately, it's the people with power abusing it.
1: I think that's the that's where I start to get my, and that's why I mention. What I did about you know rich people fighting rich people is not because because philosophically logically if it makes sense one way it makes sense the other way I just mean as far as a human rights issue that copyright can be there's something yeah. there's something that's more um, in my mind I get more passionate about sticking up for the little guy than Definitely. you know when two big guys are kind of fighting it out does that make sense to Do you understand what I'm saying
0: Yeah I totally do
1: Yeah so I, I, I th- once go ahead
2: I will. I was going to say I just I once followed a guy who was doing these great movie reviews, um, doing all the Bond films and uh, all the Spielberg films, and then one day obviously he got a copyright claim or he spoke to someone, was made to believe that he was you know doing illegal things which he wasn't. He was doing you know cri- he was using it for critical analytical educational purposes. Yada yada. Um, And, you know, lawfully, it was fine, but he was led to believe that he was in the wrong and he deleted them all. He deleted his entire library of movie reviews and posted a video apologizing to the Internet. And I just thought, wow, that guy, you know, genuinely, you know, great reviews, really intelligent, mature, um, insightful, well-argued. And, you know, someone convinced him that he was in
0: the wrong. I just thought that's bang out of order.
1: Yeah, that's not cool. I, you know, and we deal with it. But Sam, that was you're, still
0: his decision to make, ultimately, right?
1: Well, but he made that it decision is, based but... on bad information,
0: which happens mm. all the time,
1: right? You know, and that's but, what's, you know. and that's what I think. That's but what like, I think is upsetting.
0: But where does that, where does that fall? Like, it's up to that indie artist to sue, you know, Skrillex. But she could have just said, "Man, that's you know,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: guess that's just what's going to happen," and then she could just give up. You know, I think it just depends on – I definitely don't – I'm not saying that they were right. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, there is – part of that was his decision to make, too, was to delete those videos. And
1: his decision – and I think even more what you're saying is, like, his decision not to necessarily educate himself as well. He Perhaps. could have educated himself Maybe on he that. did yeah. and
0: decided yeah. that ultimately he just wants out. You know, this is just a – you know, who, who knows? Who I knows? get that it's feeling. It's a jungle
1: out there, yeah.
0: Right. No, so. I,
1: I get that feeling. You know, Sam, you and I are YouTubers and we do movie reviews and the clips that we use and the things that we use are – Completely fair use, but you know our videos. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I assume yours as well. Get dinged all the time by these big corporations just because they're running some sort of you know program on the the computer. Yeah,
2: it's some kind of autobot system. Yeah, um, which usually, like you said, Aaron, it goes ding, and then typically, um, I mean, it really depends who you're dealing with, but uh, typically, if it's someone like Warner Brothers, who I've had numerous encounters with. Typically, will they won't even watch the video, they'll just see, oh, OK, that's got matching footage, right. you know, blocked or whatever, or, um, you know, give me third party, um, you know, ad revenue shares on that. Oh. And uh, yeah, it, it, it really depends who you look at. But I mean, me personally, I, I even have to, you know, slightly alter the image in my reviews. I, I make it a bit darker or make it a bit brighter, change the aspect ratio ever so slightly. It's, you know, it's you you just have to try and try and trick the system if if at all but sometimes yeah. even if the video's been up ages you just suddenly get a random ding and, oh, Fox has blocked your Martian review. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? why? Why? It came out ages ago.
1: <laughs> it is It is one of the primary issues we're going to have to continue to deal with. What do you got next, Danae? Uh,
0: next up is Apple. Is So, again, I have to answer the question. Do we care? Okay. And if we say no, we're moving on. <laughs> Apple is about to take Netflix head on with its own original shows. Do oh, we care? I
1: absolutely care. Uh, if- Sam, do you? Uh, yes.
0: Oh, man. I got outvoted. (laughs) Tanae doesn't care about this. So it's been interesting. uh, This is a great article. And if you're also interested, this one came from Uproxx.com. So essentially what it's talking about is that Apple has um, always had an interest in movies. Steve Jobs was Mm -hmm. very interested in movies and leveraged his ownership of Pixar to have a seat on the Disney board in Mm -hmm. 2006. Kind of goes into that a little bit. And talks about how they almost bought Time Warner at one point in time which is the Batman Game of Thrones. And they had planned on spending like hundreds of million dollars on it. But then I guess that's kind of like just this race for content control. Mm -hmm. And they didn't actually Mm -hmm. end up doing it. But in theory, they could afford to purchase um, Orange is the New Black Company.
1: Mm, Interesting.
0: Things like that. (laughs) So they're looking at trying to basically... uh, Oh, but Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Mm -hmm. Like if they wanted to pick up Lionsgate, which is Orange is the New Black, Nashville or the Weinstein Company. So they're looking at that. I think this article is basically indicating that Apple is looking to seat itself and position itself to be able to purchase entertainment and then, you know, create its own. But they're saying not a lot more will come out until later this year, possibly much later this year, um, in in which it'll have an announcement about specific events.
1: There's only two ways this digital content revolution is going to work. One is if all the content companies get together and say, all right, let's play nice together. Let's do a system together that everybody can access and pay a certain amount for and, and do. Uh, or an independent company creates a system that gives decent revenues enough to the content creators that they will all buy into it. Because until there is a one-in, uh, a one-place, you know, one-stop shop for all digital content, it's just going to be a bloodbath. And that's what Apple is entering here is the idea that they own this content, so they're going to make money off of it, and you know, Netflix is producing all their content that they own so they can make money off of it, but until it's all in the same place, the consumer loses. That's my opinion.
0: That's why I don't care.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Steve? I have nothing to add. You summed it up perfectly. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Good. We can move on.
0: Last article. <laughs> Uh, do we care? Microsoft could introduce not one, but two new Xbox One consoles. Do we care? Sam?
2: Uh, I'm not a gamer in the least, so it means nothing to me. Oh, <laughs> this is
1: sad. I actually don't care about that either. I'm a Nintendo person, if anything.
2: So. I also Same. do not
0: care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a-,
1: a Nintendo person.
2: I don't even buy Nintendo games anymore. <laughs> I have
0: a PlayStation, you know, if we're going to, I think I like the PlayStation Realm. Although uh-huh. I did like the Xbox. Well, you're, a Call 1. Of Duty.
1: you're a Call of Duty fan. Right,
0: I do like playing Call of Duty. So
1: yes. my boys are playing. I want to know what you think about this today. Since we don't care to talk really about this, uh, I'm going to talk about something. Else? I want to ask you this. movie. Right? I want
0: to get to the movie. <laughs> no, I, no, to I to do the too. Movie. I do too. We'll
1: get there. This will be very quick. Uh, my my boys bought a game on Nintendo. Um, uh, like Splush maybe or Splash or I can't remember. <laughs> Splash, splosh. Splash. Yeah, I have no idea. But it's basically Call of Duty except for your painting everything around you instead of killing people. And it's like all first-person shooter style and...
0: So it's just... Someone's
1: commented Splatoon? Splatoon, that is correct. Yes. How...
0: How? Wait, wait. What are you shooting? Do you have like paintbrushes? You, you have a paint gun. Pl- so you have a gun.
1: Not a paintball gun. Not like a, you know, that kind of gun. But like an actual paint gun that sprays paint. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like an arc of paint? Mm-hmm. Or you I have... Can- a, <laughs> yes. Or you have a, a roller. Like a paint roller, I think. They, they like swipe and paint what happens
0: on, to the person whenever you
1: you just paint their territory so like they have all these different like you know capture the flag type games different types of games but instead of like killing people if you paint them enough then they have to respawn like paint so, enough of their territory or so rather like than that.
0: one ammo taking somebody out you have to repeatedly beat them with a paintbrush to take <laughs> them out is that right i'm, I'm just trying to envision like, are they laughing? Like they're being tickled while they're being painted? Is yeah. it like everything's happy? It's rose-
1: potentially as as much paint as there is on the screen is potentially the like the super most super gory, right? the most gory game in the world <laughs> if the paint was red. But no, it's like these bright colors, so I'm sure it's fine. I just thought that was funny. You know, that Nintendo would do something like that. Um, so yeah, anyways, very very blatant PG version of Call of Duty. Yeah, Jesus. yeah.
0: I thought <laughs> there you go. I love it. That's great. <laughs> While yeah, right. you get the clip prepped for starting off, we're actually going to be reviewing X Men: uh, Apocalypse next, and then just after that, we're going to be reviewing Alice Through the Looking Glass. Um, Aaron and I go into all of our movies without having seen any trailers or any kind of, you know, previews of any kind, um, as much as we're able. So we had, I had zero expectation going into that. You already know that about this. If you listen to the show, Sam, had you seen any uh, like previews and stuff before going into this movie?
2: Uh, I saw the Alice trailer um uh, Reluctantly uh, in the cinema About five times And I watched all of the X-Men trailers Hoping it would get me excited for the movie And it ultimately didn't But we'll get to it in a sec
0: Okay, so you had a little bit um, We are not going to spoil anything for you During our review Or at least we're going to try our best not to Including not playing anything from the trailer Except for we're going to ha- start off with some of the music From the X-Men Apocalypse soundtrack
1: X-Men Apocalypse (laughs) is the eighth X-Men movie. Whoa. Eight X-Men movies.
2: Eight movies, Uh,
1: This time with them fighting uh, what appears to be pretty much a god, an invincible enemy uh, that has come up against them named Apocalypse and what happens with this team as uh, they work together or apart or separately to confront this thing. Uh, We like to start off with general thoughts, very general. Did you like it, love it? Dislike it, hated it, or it was just okay. Sam, what do you think? I'm somewhere between disliked and it's okay. All right, today.
0: Um, I think I'm on the same. I I find I feel kind of like I did watching the third. Um, what was it called? Uh, oh. Hunger Games, S- Star Wars. No, no. <laughs> you know how like, the 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 third series was actually two movies. The first, oh yeah, of the like two.
1: Divergent and that kind of stuff.
0: No, but specifically when I left that movie, I think Hunger Games part
1: Mockingjay, Mockingjay part one or whatever. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: At the end of that movie, I I remember leaving feeling kind of like I felt in in this movie. Ah. So I think I did a, I think I did a It's okay, dislike it on that review too. I feel the very same.
1: Uh, I am probably between it's okay and liked it and maybe even a little closer to liked it. I think I had a good time with this. It is not a great movie, but I, I feel like probably a lot of it has to do with my love for X-Men is the reason that I, that I liked it. I just love the property. So I think that's kind of where I ended up. What are some of the, what are some of the things that you guys found to enjoy about it? sounds like neither one of you really enjoyed it that much. Denae, what about you?
0: Um, Kind of like what you said, right? Like these are characters that I've been familiar with for a long time. They're familiar, uh, familiarly played from the last X Men movie that came out. What was that one called?
1: Days of Future Past. No.
0: First class. Um.
1: First class. First class. Yeah. Okay, that was two two X Men movies ago. What? Yeah.
0: No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Were you asleep
1: for the past like three (laughs) years
0: or so? Well, I get everything. that I try to dump movies pretty quickly. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's actually not in my favor because I was watching this one going, wait, who are these people again? And really, I had no idea who Magneto was for a while. Really? Yeah. Okay. In, until one particular scene. Um, Where or, he
1: controlled metal? Where he controlled metal. I was still confused
0: <laughs> after one of them. And I was like, wait a second. He does look a little familiar, you know? Oh, Anyway, so maybe it's just been too long since I've seen well, that is, series. There, but I did, I did like that you are seeing the x-men universe like you're seeing characters do pretty cool things with their mutant powers Mm -hmm. but overall the movie was not great for me so that wasn't even fun like it made me want to go back and watch you know the old cartoons i used to watch and be like let me go back to the characters that i really fell in love with
1: Mm. sam what about you Mm. did you find anything to like about it i found
0: a few
2: things to like about it to be fair i didn't um I found the film disappointing more than I did insulting or anything like that. I don't think we're, we're dealing with a Brett Ratner or X-Men 3 or anything right, like right. that this time around. Um, because, I, I mean, the, the new the new characters, the new younger versions of the previous generation characters, I really enjoyed, I thought, um, Ty Sheridan as uh, Cyclops. I really liked him. Uh, um, he didn't get what I would have liked for him to have gotten, but it's the most focused Cyclops has ever had, so, you know, one step at a time. Um and you know, I thought um, Jean Grey and Nightcrawler. I mean, Cody uh, Smith McPhee, who's playing Kurt Wagner, uh, channels his inner. It channels his inner Alan Cummings uh, perfectly. Uh, he does it like a pro. Um, and you know, I there were scenes that I enjoyed, but ultimately, as a, as an overall piece, I found it very confused. Is the big buzzword for me? I thought it it was confused about its tone. It was confused about. Its place in the series and what it necessarily wants yeah. to do, um, because it, it, in in a lot of ways, I don't know about you guys, but with Days of Future Past, it really felt like not only was it a great self-contained story, um, but you know, it it also opened the door to a more colorful X Men universe, which I really felt the series needed to kind of be reinvigorated. And this time round, I feel as if Apocalypse should be that more colorful X Men movie and yet it still feels more transitional as if by the very end we finally get to that movie that we want to see and then it ends so i just it's it's very mixed for me and i think i think the, the main thing it just feels it's confused i don't think it, the movie really knows what it wants to do
1: or what it wants to be
0: that's the feeling i got
1: you you mentioned yeah. you mentioned the thing that i think the movie has going for it is the performances the characters the acting i i really think I would say pretty much across the board. I enjoy these characters as they're being portrayed. I loved Nightcrawler. He's he's actually my favorite X uh, X Men. He's, anyway. he's the
2: most fun character I think in the I, movie.
1: I I loved I loved him when Alan Cumming did it, uh, and I love this version as well. Um, I, I agree with Cyclops. I think Cyclops is more ra- well rounded than we've ever seen him. I still think Jennifer Lawrence is doing fine as Mystique. Um, I think um, why did his name just slip my brain? Uh, Professor Xavier.
0: James Mc- Oh yeah, James McAvoy.
1: McAvoy. McAvoy is so perfect in that role. I love him as Professor X. He's um, brilliant, and I, and I have since first class. I just think that's such a brilliant casting choice. Not that, um, you know, uh, is it Fassbender that plays Magneto? Um yes. He he's great too. So I think the movie does have yeah, that going for it. Is these people are ma- are doing great work.
0: It's they're not they don't have a lot yes. to work with, or there's so much going on. You know, there's so many characters. It's like they just sort of dumped in a lot of. You know, we're gonna introduce these storylines and I think that is part of where it gets confusing. But yeah. at the, but at the same time, we know these characters so well. It's but I feel like they never really got a chance to everything felt forced to me. Like the, the, yeah. the, the progression of Definitely. the storyline, it was like we're moving here now, we're moving here now, we're moving here now because we have this great force that we're trying yeah. to get to. But it but it was like it was trying to develop as it went. Like yeah. we're watching the characters realize the magnitude of what's going on kind of as we go. And there was a lot of potential for that storyline to be really great, but something about it was, was off for me. And I think it was because maybe you guys will agree with me on this. The, the writing wasn't that great. Like it wasn't like they were,
2: Mm,
0: it was very basic. It's, it's almost like what you would expect when you turn into a Saturday morning cartoon, Mm -hmm. they're going to say, this is exactly what I
2: was thinking. The, the character arcs are very cliche.
0: Yeah. And it, and that's maybe where there was no real deep payoff. We have great actors and actresses. We've got great, you know, special effects that can kind of really show their power and their ability, and some really neat stuff going on. Um,
1: I like the new Storm. I thought she was great too.
0: Yeah, for example, she yeah. was. She was on Storm. Is one of my favorite. Fully X-Men. South
1: African, you know. I love that. You know that it was uh, true to the, you know, the origins of that character. And so,
0: so we have this sort of like in. Oh, she was in Egypt though in the.
1: Well, I think they went to, to yeah. Egypt, anyways. Continue. Anyway, uh,
0: so so I was like really excited to see all that going on, but I just kept feeling like kind of like when you got a plant that's supposed to like root in deep and has so much there, but it like doesn't root in deep in a good spot, so it's just all very superficial.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it can reminds... I say what my my biggest issue with the film is? What
1: where I think it mainly trips up?
0: Yeah, let's transition to um, our worst thing, maybe.
1: I, I have one more good thing that I want to say. Can I just get it out? Sure. I would pay. Six days in a row to go see a Quicksilver movie with that guy. I think Quicksilver is so much fun on screen. I love the way way that they portray his, you know, like he has this, and we'll maybe talk about it more in the spoilers because I don't want to necessarily give it away, but he has his big scene, you know, his big power scene in it. It was just joyous to me to watch. I just love that effect. I love the way they do him. Uh, and so that that was one of the highlights for me that I wanted to mention yeah,
0: that there are some there are some good scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: Absolutely. OK, go ahead, Sam. What's your what's your biggest issue? What does it come down to for you? I,
2: I think um, in terms of its place in the series, I think it gets a bit too bogged down. And for some reason, thinking it has to be a sequel to First Class, hmm. because in my opinion, uh, the character arcs for Mystique, Magneto and Xavier were perfect in Days of Future Past in as much as it put them exactly where they needed to be, it made us understand those characters. And I don't know if they needed to, you know, have such a big focus on them again this time round. Because again, like I said, it felt like a transitional movie. And this, at times, wants to, you know, kind of conclude a trilogy with the characters from First Class. Mm, Um, And yet, simultaneously, it's paced like the beginning of a new set of films. Mm -hmm. like. Um, I'll admit I enjoyed the parallels to the first X-Men in that, you know, we're introducing these new characters. In particular, I liked seeing Cyclops in place of Wolverine whilst Xavier is, you know, giving him a tour and introducing him to, the, you know, the world of mutants, his school. That stuff I really enjoyed. But I didn't uh, I didn't like Magneto's character arc, and I thought mm-hmm. that the film, like you said, Denae, it kind of forces him into a place that, you know, they're lucky Fassbender sells the hell out of it because I don't think Magneto right. feels like I don't think I don't buy his character in this. Exactly,
1: um, his motivations I don't seem wanna- f-
2: right.
0: Well, they- no,
2: and well, I mean, the, the main problem is that you know he's with Apocalypse to very sim- very simply destroy the world, um, and you know mutants are going to go up with the humans. So, what's Magneto's plan? His philosophy goes completely out the window.
0: That's that's part of you know, there's a couple things that I didn't like about it. One is kind of what you're talking about and essentially, you know, the positioning of... As always in these movies, you've got your good guys, you've got your bad guys, and then you've got good guys and bad guys who are willing to kind of really blur the line. Mystique and Magneto have consistently been those characters that'll blur that line. They're working for themselves. They're kind of like chaotic neutral, and you know what I'm saying? In that way. And I... Did
1: you just drop a Dungeons & Dragons reference? Yes, I did. (laughs) That was awesome.
0: (laughs) So when we're watching time for the nerdy hour when i'm watching this movie i guess without doing any spoilers i didn't expect those characters to be making the decisions that they're making on the film i felt Mm. like there were other ways that they could have accomplished their goals without having to you know i don't understand why you know mystique ends up like the first people that she ends up going to for help i don't understand why she went to those people first Mm. you know because I, i don't when we, yeah. when we last left that character, it didn't feel like that would be her decision. But that's okay. You know, this is just... So you're kind of like following on, going, oh, is this where Mystique is mentally right now? Is this where, you know, Magneto is mentally right now? It's almost like it's so different than what I expected it to be that I it took me a minute to get into the film. And by the end, I'm still not really convinced that it needed to go down like this. And there's a... So it f- felt very convenient. And that's what we're talking about is that plot line. But my main thing I did not like about this movie... And I posted about it on Facebook as soon as I... Oh, I know where you're going. ...is I did not expect it to be as violent as it was. And maybe I'm super sensitive to that. Um, And there's, I don't know. Maybe I'm like old school, you know, raised in the Midwest and put into a Christian bubble when I was a little girl. But like I haven't always been in that bubble and I have enjoyed movies like Fight Club. Extremely violent. I think what was really bothersome to me, what really upset me was thinking that... This is a PG 13 movie, and I felt like the violence at times was R rated. And I kept thinking about like these little kids that are going to be coming in to see their superheroes. And I've watched superhero movies do a pretty good job of giving the air of violence, but not really showing graphics. I seriously, and I'm going to, I am going to spoil a little bit here and go off on a little bit of a rail. I think I saw 30 people get killed in this movie. Oh, at least. At least. I saw beheadings, dismember- dismemberments, I saw people getting crushed, I saw blood spatter, I saw one of my favorite characters just like freaking murder rampage and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh and the people that were sitting beside me, one of the girls was like, this is making me sick and then she's like, oh my gosh, that was so violent, Like, I think we were, sh- I was in shock and maybe it was just because I didn't expect it to be in the X-Men movie, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was really disturbing to me and that. Totally took me out of the movie, and by the end, I had a headache because I was just like, I... I want out of this movie <laughs> so bad. <laughs> to, so to, add to my... your point. Yeah.
2: Well, well to add to your point, Danae, I I don't mind there being violence, but it particularly felt unpleasant. It was um, unpleasant, and it, and it and it tonally jarred with the rest of the movie. Again, this is again, it tonally it's so confused. But you know, when when that beheading occurs, I I did sort of lean back in my chair like, whoa. Right. And um, you and know- you know, I think. Well, I just I think you know, I'm I'm gonna keep bringing it back to Days of Future Past because it was Brian Singer's return to the franchise, but that was violent at the service of a story. Um, it was violence at the surface, at the service of things. You know, right? It's it's a last ditch effort there. You know, this is the end of mutant kind. So you you know that's understandable, and it tells you, wow, the stakes are really serious. This time round, it it felt it just felt uncomfortable and you didn't really know how to respond to it. And I, there was a point when I turned to my partner and I said, wow, this is
0: really, really brutal. It really is a brutal Brutal is the
1: word that I used to. Um, I, uh, when I did my radio review, which is the first review, I get out 60 seconds long and I mentioned the violence in there and just to be aware of it for, you know, people who may be, uh, you know, Uh, offended by that or not want to take their kids right so the first comment i get was well it was only that one scene the murder rampage scene that that Mm -hmm. you had mentioned it's like it was really only that one scene and because that's because they want to do a rated r movie with that you know character kind of thing and i said nope nope wasn't just that one scene and then i mentioned all the stuff and he's like Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess the, I guess it was pretty brutal. So
0: I mean, one of the very opening in, in the opening sequence of this movie, there's a moment where it turns almost into like one of those medical stories where they're they're, you know, s- splicing somebody open so <laughs> yeah. that you can do. It's some like sort of surgery. Yeah, it was like yeah. an autopsy picture. And it was like, oh, wow, that's not what you know. And so, uh, world- some of that stuff is OK. Like, I I think that I can put myself into that world. And it's just like that's but this one was like just. Murdering people this is just like yeah. like, like you said it's violence. Just not just for violence, just for yeah. violence it, it kind of felt yeah. like Gotham in that way where it's like really do we have to go this dark on TV? Okay
2: Well, um, yeah, and I mean in comparison to other superhero movies I mean Captain America Civil War has you know violent moments. There's yeah you know, without spoiling things There's a particularly brutal sequence towards the end right where, you know, you know truths are revealed and it's horrible to watch it's but really hard it's at it's at the service of the story and mm-hmm. it does you know you, you believe that it's just another part of this emotionally well-rounded universe there are light sides and there are dark sides and this uh, you know i don't know why there had to be you know for instance a beheading or you know even and, and then countering that, you know, we, we keep mentioning uh, the scene that shall not be explicitly named, but <laughs> the scene in which a certain character goes off on a rampage. Um, you know, I almost felt that the movie, it got so, it got so quote unquote mature with its violence and then suddenly took a step back when it, as if it couldn't, you know, delve that far. So it's like, how, how violent do you want to get because i would almost have expected them to you know really focus on that sequence and really exaggerate it so i'm i'm curious and confused as to what the movie wanted
0: me
1: to feel like and that goes back to your original point about the overall confusion of the movie tonality all that kind of stuff kind of kind of goes in and out my worst thing uh about this movie and something we haven't talked about yet i think it completely wastes oscar isaac i think his
0: that's Apocalypse, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. The guy who plays Apocalypse, who was also Poe Dameron in the latest Star Wars, in case you didn't know who uh, who that was.
0: Oh, that is such a waste. Right? <laughs> I had no idea.
1: Um. So I just whether it was the makeup or the direction or you know this the you know kind of this the story of this character. It I was just boring. It was just completely boring.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, sometimes prosthetics work for people, and sometimes they don't. And in the character of apocalypse, what they didn't what they failed to do was explain to me as someone who doesn't know the character apocalypse mm-hmm. until why like, he's blue why, <laughs> why well or why is he uh outfitted the way he's outfitted yeah. you know yeah. and it's not until much later that that there's any kind of a vulnerability to that character and so we still I, don't
1: even understand it really
0: I don't personally yeah. but 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 you're right in that it, so he's so encased in this suit mm-hmm. and in this prosthetic that there, there's not a lot of an ability to really relate to him as a character, which is ultimately fine, you know. But
1: Well, you no, I don't think he, that is fine. I think well, you do need to relate to the villain in Let's a movie. think about
0: Bane, for example. Mm-hmm. Bane is a bad guy, you know. Um, and he had his prosthetic, face covered. He had his yeah. face covered. But we had an opportunity to really get vulnerable with him. There was a, that scene where, you know, he's... Turning into the person that cared for mm-hmm. her at the very end, you know, with the twist that Bane isn't the guy. You know, it's like that was a really powerful moment where he turned into a very vulnerable man and we kind of started to care for him. You know, um this movie definitely missed, but the, there again, not surprised because a lot of it was so superficial.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. All right, let's you know, go around. I- go
2: ahead. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say, as someone who was, you know, completely, I was defending the movie when everyone was complaining about the uh, design of Apocalypse. Um, You know, the internet was completely raging the fact that it didn't look like the comic book version and and whatnot. And I said, you know, we have yet to see him in action, really. The character might completely surprise you. We had a similar thing with um, Quicksilver before Days of Future Past. People to one look at his appearance, and went, that's not going to work. So you know, I was willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, but watching it in action, it, I found it really ugly looking. And as someone who is usually all for changing things from the source material, I know nothing about apocalypse outside of what I've seen from a cartoon. Um, but in terms of just design, it, the original design's better. There's no way around it. And I just, I didn't like you said, Danae. There's no, I don't. As in terms of the story, I don't understand why he looks like that. But Design-wise, I don't understand why he looks like that. I mean, I I don't think it looks very good. I think it looks ugly. It looks cheap in some ways. Um, you know, they have little bits and bobs that are reminiscent of Egypt and, and, you know, Egyptian architecture. There's something there, but I ultimately thought he looked ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was as if the villain of the movie was a disgruntled former member of the Blue Man Group. You know, like it was just, <laughs> yeah. it just looked that silly. Uh, let's do one more thing. One more thing about the movie that we haven't talked about yet, but you want to make sure and get in before we move on to uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Danae, why don't you start us off?
0: Um, I think if I had one more thing, I would say this might be the first time... Well, I don't know. I, w- I really felt like they had a big missed opportunity in this. If they would have uh, developed... Maybe this movie was in uh, from the viewpoint of not the characters we've seen before, you know, like Professor X and yeah. Beast and everything. And maybe... I'm realizing you actually did kind of reference this earlier, Sam, because you said that felt more like a trilogy button up or something. Mm -hmm. I think maybe Mm. what I'm realizing that that means for me, as I'm kind of contemplating this, is they really used their perspective throughout this whole movie. You know, we're in the mind of and we're in the decision making process of and we're in the perspective of the characters we've already been in. But I saw Jubilee. Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, yeah. yes. But you yeah, know, come on, bring Jubilee in. Right. And then we've <laughs> got Nightcrawler was so fun, mm-hmm. you know. And we've got uh you know these new characters. Um we've got Cyclops and we've got, you know, so and there's like there is a moment in this movie where they have the perfect opportunity to really a uh, Jean Grey, young Jean Grey, mm-hmm. you know, to really like set us the viewers in their world from their perspective and weave in those elders. And yeah. I think what they've potentially done here is com- is killed our desire to go back and see those young characters.
1: Really, I yeah. felt the opposite. Yeah, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I felt the opposite. I,
0: I I don't know if I want to go back after that one. Oh,
1: I felt the exact opposite. But so, yeah.
0: But I mean, if if they do another movie that's just those young people, yeah. maybe I I think yeah. that I would be more interested because that's the fun part about watching x-men is fi- as these young kids figuring out how they're going to yes. be like unified and go in and do a battle yeah and that was just nowhere in this movie for me so i don't know that's I think- why i got but i did see jubilee and that was really fun <laughs> <I>
2: love- <laughs> well that's why i got so frustrated with the ending because you know like you said um, you know I, I, I you might not, but I really really want to see a movie with them as the main X-Men next time and not if I, I do it again like that. I just I, I don't understand why this couldn't have been that movie and why this had to be more transitional
1: yeah uh i I'm definitely excited it's and I granted I liked it more than you guys did um but i I came out of that even as disappointing as some of it was going I can't wait to see the next one
0: really yeah okay yeah
1: I just i lo- I love this universe and I think they're treating the characters well yeah even if they didn't treat the story well on this one
0: there is some really cool like graphics in here too
1: my uh one more thing was this is possibly the worst hmm? end credit scene in the history of mankind. It is. <laughs> it is unless you are a super X Men fan, and under. I mean, it was literally the end credit scene happened, and this end comes with what the music and everything is telling you is a big reveal, and there's this name on screen, and the entire theater went, huh? No, like, yeah. Usually
0: <laughs> on a Marvel like, extra screen, extra thing, people are cheering or they're getting yeah, really excited. Yeah. And you know there it's was like, there was a moment in the theater where everyone got really excited and cheered.
1: Yeah, there were a couple but, actually.
0: But, yeah, they were not that – no one
1: – I just – I was like, listen, if you're going to do a big, like, end credit – and actually, to be fair, Days of Future Past wasn't that much better with introducing Apocalypse, who nobody, you know, who wasn't a huge X-Men fan necessarily knew who that was either. But it, it was it was one of those things where the whole thing just fell flat. So I just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> Did you figure something out, Sam?
2: Yeah. Um, I was thinking that, you know, the reason I've been um, an avid Brian Singer X-Men supporter is uh, I've never really – I've never really rated the action highly I didn't think it honestly i don't think he honestly got good with scale and range with action until days of future past um, but I've always admired his focus on the subtext of the original source material and really you know making a push to put it at the forefront of these films, um, which is why I'm totally okay with him changing things and characters being a little different. I admire. You know, him taking the material seriously, um, as opposed to just pandering to fans. I think one of the things that Apocalypse is missing is, you know, a philosophical core or, you know, an, a clash of ideologies. There is none of that. It honestly just is. Guy is going to blow up City. And, you know, you have little sprinkles of those, you know, of ideas about mutants and humans coming together. And it does very much exist in that world. But the conflict is not interesting. It's not at much of a... It, you can say it's at a character level but even so like you said Danae, it's, it's very broad character stuff but you know i i i wanted some kind of conflict about mutant kind and i ultimately didn't find it and i think that's one of the big things missing from the film it's an intellectual core
0: i completely agree with you i think that people will go and see this movie and they'll like it because it's in that universe um and they might feel some of what we're feeling but i'm glad to finally get that off my chest we're actually going to be <laughs> We'll be talking a little bit more um, spoilers, actually, in what we call the Sift Pop spoiler Cast, which we will only release to the podcast feed. So if you are uh, subscribed to Sift Pop on iTunes or Stitcher, you'll be able to find that spoiler cast. We'll actually kind of get a little bit more into the details of the plot yeah. and maybe share specifically scenes that really bothered us. So if you're interested in that, you can catch that. Um, we'll have that uh, ready and up later on this afternoon.
1: Tell us a little bit uh, about a couple ways people can support what goes on here at Shoe the Dough. A huge Sift way Pop. that Excuse you me. can,
0: a huge way that you can support us here at Sift Pop is by finding us on social media um, and also thinking about supporting us on Patreon. We have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Erin and Danae. And there you'll find out more about what we call the Shoe the Dough Podcast Network which Sif Pop Podcast is part of that network. And so our fans make it possible for us to have two shows right now, Shoe the Dough every Tuesday and released to the podcast feed on Wednesdays, and then Sif Pop every Friday.
1: We appreciate it. We could not do it without you. Uh, It literally makes this show possible. So thank you again so much for your support. All right, on to the next disappointing movie of the weekend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alice Through the Looking Glass, this is the second movie in a world uh, that Tim Burton originally kind of popped in. When did that movie come out? When did Alice in Wonderland come out?
1: The ori- You mean the Tim Burton version with yeah. Johnny Depp? I think it was six years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like t- 2010, something like that.
0: Okay, that's I mean, interesting. We both have
1: Google in front of us. I can yeah. actually look if you want me to.
0: Um, and in that universe, it was really interesting because you've got the Tim Burton kind of like, you know, backdrop to the Alice in Wonderland story. And I think that when I saw the original movie, I enjoyed it. The characters were different and unique. You know, uh, we've got fun characters sort of playing the evil queen or queen of hearts. And you've you've got new things like the white queen. Uh, we're getting to see characters in that way. Tweedledee, Tweedledum, done a little bit differently. And it was a nice mixture of CG work really interesting colors really interesting palette you're talking about the first you enjoyed the first one yeah Yeah. and then you know really good alice i loved alice so coming out now this is the second movie to come out sort of in that same linear series or the same you know world Mm -hmm. looking kind of similar we now have alice returning to the world of wonderland and um with that same feel in the film And so that's kind of how this one gets started. Not directed
1: by Tim Burton this time. And this time we see Alice as a seafaring captain uh, trying to uh, make her way through the ocean. Has to find her way back to Wonderland to learn, you know, something else about herself. And, of course, help the characters there. Um, Interesting. We've already said it was kind of disappointing. Sam, I, I know you didn't get a chance to see it. Was there anything about this new Alice that you enjoyed, Danae? Was there like something you took out of it that, you know, felt good to you?
0: one of my favorite parts about going into this movie is kind of similar to X-Men. You're revisiting some familiar characters mm-hmm. and I really enjoy Alice, uh, the girl that plays Alice and how she talks and how kind of her curiosity. And I was of course excited to see the characters again, to see kind of what happens. And maybe it's just, you know, a uh, sequelitis, but it was a bit of a let down for me. They do have, a. Uh, some new characters that they introduced that allowed me to get back into the story a bit uh, because I was trying to like find my footing in it but yeah I think I liked I mean I liked seeing
1: how do you feel about Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter
0: I was really disappointed in the Mad Hatter this time okay but I feel like it was the story's fault not John not not the actor's fault I don't know that he there's a lot of things I did not like about this movie I'm trying to kind of like just (laughs) be very gentle in some ways but I you know this story centers around his, his whole life. You know, in this movie, he's kind of like, Alice has to save him in a way. Or you know? does it? It shouldn't.
1: See, that's it, it what, shouldn't. That's, this, is what, this is what I think my main issue with the movie. I didn't like very much about this movie. So, I, they,
0: so you liked it, loved it, hated it, whatever.
1: Uh, I, I disliked it. Okay. I think I would say I disliked it. I uh, would
0: also say I disliked it.
1: <laughs> I, it,
0: it. For me,
1: I think, you know, you've got Johnny Depp, you've got Helena Bonham uh, Carter, you've got uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, all actors I'm, generally really impressed with and they're doing Anne hathaway and Anne hathaway yeah they're doing fine work here i think the problem is he didn't know which story it wanted to tell
0: it was telling all of them at the same time yeah
1: there were three distinct stories that could have been their own movie and given a little more focus and a little more story tweaking could have had some really interesting themes and but I didn't know which one they were trying to go
0: with. They, they had three storylines they tried to tie together with the Mad Hatter storyline. And ultimately, that doesn't work. And so when your main storyline is not actually ni- uh, threaded through in a decent way, then it felt like it was falling apart by the end. Well, I didn't feel like the stories
1: thematically tied together at all. Like, I couldn't figure out wh- how, why the Mad Hatter's growth would then impact Alice's growth. Well, this Alice's story's about growth. family. Yeah. but It's about how the is,
0: revelation of family.
1: Maybe I need spoilers to try to figure this out because I don't understand how a couple of those stories, Are I understand how family. one was about family, but I don't understand how the other two were about family.
0: Okay. Well, we'll so, talk about that more. But I feel yeah, like possibly. what they were trying to do is the, they were trying to emphasize the importance of family. I feel like that was what they were trying to do yeah. in, in each story. And it was a stretch sometimes. Um, I think this movie for me was ruined by, if I was do what I didn't like the music and the makeup in this movie were really annoying to me. The music of this movie ruins it all. If they had done different music or like they had maybe updated how they're presenting the music background, the mm-hmm. music emotion, I think it would have been different. This is like watching a soap opera mu- music. If there's a sad face on screen, it's sad music. If there's a f- happy face on screen, it's happy enchant like like mm-hmm. hero, heroine to the rescue music. There was like almost no downtime of just constant exactly what you would expect. Here, let's cheesy tell you how to feel. in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then on top of that, some of the um some of the other things kind of felt like that, too. Like, oh, it's like a oh, we'll just put some music by the sky on there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the costuming I liked, uh, it was the hair I liked, um some of the worlds we went into, there's a particular, like, a huge castle that's made out of, like, clock pieces. Some of that was really beautiful to look at. Really nice visuals.
1: I got to say that Helena Bonham Carter big head effect yeah. is really fun. Well, it, I, There's it is something fun. really fun like, about the, that. Yeah,
0: and that's what I'm talking about. And by the end of it, like, I'm remembering how much I love these characters. But the music was just so, so, and, and the stretched Hatter story, putting Hatter into a role where he has to be so emotional and, and distraught um and the way that it's portrayed and the way that it's all coming out was so distracting and and, like just annoying to me that i couldn't concentrate and his makeup was possibly the worst makeup i've ever seen hatters hatters was awful yeah i hated it it would change from scene to scene
1: but i think that was purposeful
0: i would hope so but i (laughs) didn't like it I didn't No, and I'm not I'm not talking about the digression of his character cuz they change his makeup sometimes when his emotion changes. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like they're like marching, you know, in one scene and the makeup changes from one interaction the other. Oh, with you're Alice. talking more
1: like continuity. Yes, continuity. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: and when your makeup is so insanely crazy and wild and huge and it's so big on the screen, it's going to be very obvious, but it looked like like an 8-year-old did it. And it was so annoying to me and like seriously, you guys have so much more resources. <laughs> To do something more interesting than paint him with a clown face white, like a strip of red across his cheek, and then this sort of like, I don't even know. I don't even know. I kaleidoscope was, eyes? Kaleidoscope eyes. It was really distracting. It's a Beatles like, reference. I felt like it needed to have something else, and I know somebody worked countless hours on that, and I applaud you for your effort, but I did not enjoy the makeup.
1: And you suck.
0: <laughs> no. <That's-
1: laughs>
0: it just, and it takes you out of a movie Especially when it's supposed to be kind of wild and crazy like that.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get that. It's, it's funny, isn't, isn't it, how those little distractions, even though you know, like, that shouldn't be, you know, what the, the story depends on. If you get taken, if, like, time you're made aware that you're watching a movie, then I think the movie is doing a bad job. You talk about the music. Anytime you're aware of the music, the music has failed.
0: Oh, my gosh, the it music is awful.
1: Yeah, it should just be something that influences you without making itself known
0: I feel like this movie was just, you know, that comfortable return to a world that you love um, and characters that you love and that kind of a thing. Um, And I noticed, though, that the adults, you know, 25 range, 25 and up range Mm -hmm. that were in this theater, when they saw a character that they really enjoyed from the first movie, they were like, oh, you know, they were into it. They were into that, you know, world again, even if the rest of the movie wasn't great. Mm -hmm. I could tell that it was striking that. You know, cord with the people that were in the in the audience. Sam, so. do you
1: have any questions about the movie? Kind of, a, kind of an outsider curiosity sake.
2: No, I don't think so. I've only seen bits and bobs of the first one, and I know that they give Alice a prophecy arc, which <laughs> immediately turns me off from ever watching it. Um, and that's to say that I've never really been. I haven't been into recent
1: Tim Burton, um, so... Well, you know, um, Sam,
0: I don't know that I would say that it has a prophecy arc to it. Would you say that, Aaron? The
1: first one? Are you talking about the first one, Sam? Or the yeah, s- yeah, I was on about the first one. Yeah, yeah, the oh, first oh, okay, one definitely, okay, definitely okay.
0: does. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify that.
1: So you're not... The stuff Tim Burton has done recently, you're not a big fan of? Well, I mean, he hasn't really wowed me
2: since Big Fish. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I, I've seen usually Tim Burton is good when he's got someone beneath him that can provide a really good screenplay um, and uh, from the look of the Alice in Wonderland movies to me I mean I haven't seen the film so I can't give an honest critique but it looks to me like it's you know Tim Burton just showing his version of Alice in Wonderland and I it doesn't look like there, there, there's much there but I do you know I haven't watched it so for all I know could be the best movie
0: ever. Well, I will say that in this movie, you get to learn more about the characters of this land.
1: I also feel like I need to clarify: Tim Burton actually only produced not, this one. He oh, did okay. not direct it. In fact, the director I think is the guy that directed the last couple of Muppet movies, uh, like Muppets Most right. Wanted. But it's still and,
2: very much existing
1: in oh, that sure, universe. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, he, he obviously has his fingerprints all over it.
2: Yeah,
0: and I did enjoy, you know, something that I would say, even though we're kind of pooing on it. This movie does delve more into the world of, you know, the characters that you kind of may have liked from the first one. And so you're going back into Alice in Wonderland world. You're going back into Wonderland. You're learning about the history of these characters as Alice has this adventure through time. And that can be kind of fun. And I think this would be a great, fun movie for kids. I don't see there really being a lot, you know, to be concerned about with going in. I actually really like Sasha Bowen Co- Cohen. Uh, yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen, who, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Time in this movie. I really enjoyed him. I thought I he brought love life him. to
1: him. I love him when he's doing somebody else's movie. <laughs> like when he does his own <laughs> movies, he gets really annoying to me really fast. But when he does somebody else's movie, like him, him and Hugo, he's so great. Like, you know, it.
0: This movie, you have some human. You you have humans or you know human like characters, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of CG. And so I felt like, you know, where we had humans interacting with other humans, you could tell they were acting maybe together. The movie does have some shining moments, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn this movie off. You know, it's a good, I think that it has good messages in there about family and Mm -hmm. good messages in there about, you know, helping your friends. And I think it's done pretty well. Like as a, if I was going to compare, you know, which one would I send you to X-Men versus the Alice in the Looking Glass, I would actually have a hard time. Figuring out which one. Well, it
1: depends on what kind of person you are, I yeah. think, too, in a lot of ways. I.
0: They're kind of similar in some there ways. Are, in
1: fact, I was just thinking, it, it, it was when you guys mentioned X-Men being a Saturday morning cartoon, I had that thought during Alice Through the Looking Glass. Mm. About halfway in, I thought, this is like uh, like the plot-wise and story-wise, is just like a poorly done Saturday morning cartoon. But and you I know, just thought...
0: I would say, though, that in this one, they offer some really fun tidbits about the world. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we find out more about... You know tea time and there's like these things that kind of like oh that's fun they de- they tied that together it just could have been I think, yeah done yeah sure. i was so distracted by the music aaron <laughs> was it oh it was awful <laughs> i hate music that's who just way here here who here did the
1: school uh i don't, I don't know, know who did the score we could we could look it Do up you know what
0: it felt like
1: what did it feel it like it felt
0: like a reality tv show you know what I'm saying like when you Oh no, watch no. I
1: totally get it.
0: where it you know the now, melodrama, it, now yeah. it's judgment time so we have our judgment music and then whenever you know someone gets <laughs> cut they play the axe sound you mm-hmm. know it was just so much like that that I'm like ugh, this yeah. is so basic Whenever
1: somebody slips and falls there's a banana you know uh, a slide whistle
0: Towards the very, uh, there's a uh, you know a couple scenes that's just like oh, no maybe that's not Anyway, anyway, if they would have injected some like real music, uh, music from like a couple artists or something, like some indie music or something, I think they could have changed the feel of this completely, and they could have brought it more into a, a realistic for Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland, you know, realistic, you know, relationship. I, I don't, don't
1: think you're talking about the music itself being bad. I think you're talking about Danny the- Elfman did the score, by the way. I love Danny Elfman. I, um, I but- I'm,
0: I'm not talking about like. A violin was out of key. Right,
1: I know. You're talking about the manipulation of the music in it the story. So like It was so basic and matter expected. Of fact and yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like. No, I understand what you're saying. You know,
0: when Mad Hatter is looking sad, <laughs> just, and now Here, they're running. Talk about
1: talk about how much you hate the music in this. Go ahead, just talk about talk a little more.
0: And so I'm feeling like like that. Kind of, yeah. <laughs>
1: all right. Finally, to some uh, uh, some of our buried treasure. Here's something in the world of pop culture that uh, that you might want to check out. That uh, we want to bring to your attention can be anything. Doesn't have to be a movie. Does Sam to be a TV do you show. have one? Could be anything.
2: Yeah. Um, now I haven't read this, um, but it's just been kind of all online at the minute, and everyone's all the rage about it. So it's uh, seems uh, topical. Um, but you know pa- and I don't just want to talk about superhero stuff but this just this happened recently apparently captain america uh, marvel have decided they're going to reveal that he is a secret hydra agent in the comics No. And the whole the whole internet has has blown up about it um, they they'll, they'll come up with some baloney and and you know write themselves out of that corner but i find it interesting that so many people have, have reacted to it you know, because people like Captain America and they feel very close to that character that is the personification of all that is good and, you know, the best of humanity and, you know, staying, staying true to good ideals and they've now taken him and they've changed him. I find it interesting that people have reacted so strongly to it.
1: Well, I would definitely be one of those people. He is my favorite character and, um, and it just seems like, it seems like a misunderstanding of that character. In fact, so much so that... Uh, my guess is that it's a smokescreen. My guess is that the the comic eventually will end up, you know, not a double agent but a triple agent kind of thing. Uh, I yeah. just, I just can't imagine they would completely flip on a character on their head like that and make them the opposite of what they've always stood for. Like, just there is doesn't...
2: no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that Marvel um don't have a plan or anything like that because. You know, they would not take Captain America and make him hydrate. Is and, this and
0: clickbait? <laughs> yeah,
1: you know what I'm saying. Like comic uh, <laughs> yeah, you comic know book it, clickbait.
0: Maybe like on a story, you have like two characters that have always, you know, been together, and then they just throw in a different story just to well, it's, it's... keep the audience engaged or something.
2: Well, it's like um, it's like the big neck-snapping moment in Man of Steel where it's not made for any purpose besides to get people talking about this new, darker Superman. Right. And it serves no purpose in the story. So, And, you know, comics is, at the end of the day, they're, they're clickbait because, you know, they, they, do, they pull controversial events all the time. They change the characters all the time to get people talking and to go pick up the comic. That's why they always, you know, they used to have... Oh, Spider-Man killed someone, you know, on the front cover of a of a comic, and be like, find out why, read this issue. So that's, you know, that's very much, uh, sure. um, That's very much a part of the comics industry. So I'm not surprised that something like this has happened, but I I don't think for one second that they're going to say it's permanent, and they'll 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 come up with something. You know, they always do. They can say anything they like.
1: That's true. <laughs> they're telling the story. What's yours, Danae?
0: I have two, and I can't decide. Really? Yeah.
1: You want me to help you decide?
0: You know, yeah. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather Sam help you decide?
0: Well, okay. What All are right. the two? My the one that I wanted to do, and then the one that I think is going to have to be the more discussed one if uh-huh. we're going to discuss anything. Um, I came across this video called "The Wonderland Book," and okay. um, it's Kirsty Mitchell Photography. And what's been really interesting about this is just since yesterday, whenever I saw a blog post come through from the Met Gala or whatever, um, there's this woman and she did this like little video about her book series that she did in this photography series that she's been doing for years and years and years. And you learn more about her story. It's a really well put together kind of series about why she's creating these photography books and et cetera. But the pictures are just breathtaking. And cool. her story is really, really beautiful. So I'm going to share this on our Erin and Danae. Actually, it's now called the Morning DNA uh, Facebook page. Just look for Facebook slash Aaron and Denae. You'll find it. Um, what's been interesting is in the last, you know, several days when the uh, I think it was the I think it was the Met Gala shared her picture mm-hmm. or her her video. Her story. It's been viewed so many times, 1.5 million and growing, and it, everything that she's got is just selling out, and it's not expected, and it was all collector's edition, wow. and people are now fighting over wow. the books, and she's like, I'm completely overwhelmed, and like, "We'll print more. She's like, I'm not printing more. She's like so, the
1: Chewbacca mom of the art world right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: it's true, <laughs> but the, it's because the photos are just absolutely breathtaking in the story. I would highly recommend if you're an artistic person or you love photography, and fashion and really cool story, you would definitely like it. Um, but the other thing I think that was more interesting is I finally watched season one of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, nice. And I know that our oh, really? audience really loves Sherlock, and they've been saying for a long time I should watch it. I finally did. In fact, Aaron messaged me regarding work and I was watching the finale uh-huh. of the first season. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, that can wait. They're at the pool. <laughs> Moriarty just showed up. Like, I was like, and I'm basically live texting with him, and he's like, oh, my goodness. And then it gets to the final moment, and I'm like, no, it can't end here. And Aaron, you said.
1: I said, well, at least you're not like the rest of us. We had to wait two years to see what happened next.
0: So stubbornly, I said, fine, I'll wait two years, too.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So. <laughs>
0: I haven't actually started season two yet, but I did watch season one, and I absolutely loved it. Isn't it, it great? It was really, really good.
1: Oh, uh, man. To have Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman as Holmes and Watson is just, it's perfection. But
0: the story is told well. Like, they do a good job of oh, shooting no, I know. the stories. Yeah, and, I know. And, and like how they have the words on the screen and it, it really engages your mind mm-hmm. way better than most shows. So it makes you want to watch it instead of having it on the background, which I really loved.
1: Yeah. Sam, what's it's your
0: great experience adaptation? With show? Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a great adaptation, you know, bringing those stories into the modern world. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've kind of fallen out with the series, the the more recent it's become, um, they did, a, an episode, uh, on new years. Um, and I don't know if that, I could assume I would have assumed that
1: went out to America as well. Yeah, is that the one the, um, the abominable bride? Is that what it was? Yes.
2: Yeah, um, which I uh, you know, I, I just think um, The writer Stephen Moffat, he he was great when he didn't know that when it he was great before he kind of formed an ego um, <laughs> and uh, The first two seasons of Sherlock are really great, you know compelling stuff genuinely intriguing and the mysteries you can you can't figure them out before they finish but you can follow them right which is sometimes tricky we were talking before the podcast started about how i saw the nice guys last night and as much as i enjoyed it i couldn't follow the mystery um so i think i as someone who is who's dabbling in screenwriting i wouldn't know where to begin with making a compelling mystery so i do i, I admire that skill to be able to get that across to the audience um, but like you said, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, they're, they're just fantastic in those roles.
0: What's interesting and unique about there's so much that is. But one of the one of the things that stands out about Sherlock for me is that I've never enjoyed being made to be stupid so much.
2: <laughs> because, <laughs> yes,
0: because Sherlock is brilliant and also like a sociopath at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get into Dexter. I only saw a couple episodes. But I remember people talking about how much they enjoyed like. You've got this really complex character who's also like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to kind of play into that with Sherlock, you know, the people around him who are in the
1: anti-hero kind of thing.
0: Yeah, like the police force that are around him. They don't really respect him that much because he's super crazy. He's like he just thinks about things. very. He's very eccentric, I guess I should say, not crazy. Mm-hmm. He's eccentric. And uh, so then we're like the Freeman character, you know, coming in, learning and from him the first time. And realizing how dumb we are compared to him, because everything to him is very obvious. The answer to you know, solving little in little mini mysteries about where you were last night are are fun. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these grand mysteries that are really important. And then by that third, that third um their their finale, it's almost he has to solve crime to save other people. So now we're like invested in a totally different way. And they've just developed the story really, really well. And I I love being stupid watching this movie or this show.
1: Yeah. He loves, he loves solving problems because he, he's on a constant search for something that's difficult to solve for him. You know what I mean? And like,
0: he's he's bored without it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not that he wants to change the world or save people's lives. No, he wants a real, you know, hard nut to crack. But they do a really good
0: job of showing like, in the first, the very first one, you know, the, the guy who's, you know, the bad guy who's killing people in this one understands that he wants a problem to solve. Like he knows, mm-hmm. he's almost got his number because he's like, I know that you want to play this game mm-hmm. because you're that guy who's bored in your mind. Same thing happening throughout this thing, you know, this, this little series. So I wonder how I'm it'll keep you're going. It. I don't know that I, I will keep going. Because I might just go out on a high note. I binge watched Igles and I got really disappointed by the end. So I'm kind of like, I really loved but it. At least Maybe watch I should the second it.
1: season. The second season okay. is still really, really good. Okay. Uh, and my... I've actually enjoyed every episode, but the first two seasons are are absolutely incredible.
0: What's your buried treasure, Aaron? Um,
1: uh, how about a casual game for your mobile device? A casual
0: uh, mobile device gaming. I've been.
1: I picked up a game called Merged. I think it has an exclamation point at the end. Merged, and it's a simple game where you have, uh, you know dice that have little pips, you know, the little dots on them from one to six like you would see in dice and you match them up and then they become the bigger number. And then if you get enough sixes, they match up to become like the letter M for merged. And then if you get enough merged matched, it like explodes on the screen and clears them off. And it's just a space clearing game. So it's fun. It's really interesting and fun and completely free. And it
0: reminds me of what was that game with the bears?
1: Yeah. 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 Triple town.
0: Triple town.
1: Yeah, Yeah. It's very similar to that. So, um, so yeah, something you might want to check out and it's, you know, it's, it's designed well and so it's pleasing to the eye and it's a lot of fun. Something, uh, something that you might want to do. So while you're, while you're watching Sherlock not, not Sherlock, actually, you can't play anything while you're watching Sherlock. No,
0: don't, don't do <laughs> that. No, 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 no. no don't no. do that.
1: <laughs> You've absolutely got to focus on Sherlock. Well, thanks guys. It's been a good one. Uh, we are excited to bring this to you every week and Sam, thank you for joining us. We appreciate Thanks you for having me on,
2: guys. Always a pleasure.
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, if you want to check out more about Sif Pop and what goes on here, uh, you can check out Slash shoe the dough. Uh, you can find out more about Aaron and today at AaronandDanae.com. Uh, Sam, you got anything else you want to plug that you've been doing lately? Uh, sure, why not? Um, you guys can follow me on YouTube.
2: Um, just type in Sam's channel, you'll find all my stuff. Um, I also have a Facebook page, again, Sam's channel. Um, and uh yeah i'm posting on there practically every day so I'm, I'm in between things at the minute so i don't get content out every single week which is a shame but we all lead lives and i uh but but yeah so if you uh if there's not much content you can follow me on there and i uh make a point to be constantly um in touch with my followers so uh yeah thanks for listening
1: and uh has yeah,
2: been great being on
1: thanks man we appreciate you having you much love and gratitude also to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Do Network possible. Support starts at a buck a month. comes with some pretty fun perks. Find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, let us know. All feedback is welcome at aaronanddanae at gmail.com. Bye. Bye. Bye